For the first time in nearly a month, the Mets have won a series and they are on a two-game win streak. Can you believe it? The vibes are good. Finally, the vibes are immaculate in Mets land after a miraculous win of the year on Wednesday night and then a series win Thursday against the Rays. And we are here to talk all about it. WFAN's Big Zoo, Ed Arzuman, will join me on this episode. It's all coming up next on a happy victory edition of Amazing But True from the New York Post. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, Mets take the field. So amazing, amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks, it's out of here. We got you. And he drives one deep left field. That goes really. That ball's out of here, and the game is tied. Francisco Alvarez brings the Mets back from the brink with a three-run homer in the bottom of the ninth. To- Alonzo drives one deep left field. Really going back. It's out of here, and the Mets win it. Into the second deck. Alonzo a three-run shot, and the Mets walk it off for the first time this year. Alonzo drives one deep center field. Forget that. That ball's going to sail out of here into the block. Alonzo has struck again. And Lau bounces one on the right side. Alonzo's got it. Robertson covers, and the ball game is over. And for the first time since April the 19th, the Mets have won back-to-back games, and they have won a series. Welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Those highlights you heard, courtesy of SNY. I'm your host, Jake Brown. Joining me in a few minutes will be WFAN's Ed Arzuman, Big Zoo producer at the fan and a fellow Mets fan, is going to join me in just a minute as we talk about the Mets who are winning games. What a series against the best team in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays. The Mets, it started off with a dud on Tuesday, and you thought, here we go again. Justin Verlander in his home debut gives up six runs. He gets rocked. They lose eight to five, and you're like, oh, boy, this could be a long homestand. And then Wednesday, you thought the same thing when the Mets are down five to two. First, they're down two nothing. Then they're down five two. Then they're down seven five. And three comebacks later, a 2022-like Mets victory, a resilient squad that we saw so much of that we fell in love with 
last year that won 101 games. It looked like those guys. They switched places, and they were back. Well, they kept the good vibes going on Thursday. By winning the series, they win 3-2 on Thursday. Tyler McGill with a strong start, and the Mets get back-to-back quality starts. How about that? Two days in a row with quality starts, six innings, and one run from Senga, six innings, two runs from McGill, and the Mets win two out of three over the Rays. They're a game under 500 now at 22 and 22 and 23. And what a win it was. And they needed that. They needed that series. And Wednesday was all good and grand, but they had to take advantage to keep those vibes going into Thursday. And they did just that. And it's all about series wins. And that carryover effect was real. And I was there Wednesday. I was there Tuesday. Did not go on Thursday, um, but was there Wednesday night. And boy, a lot of people left. When it got to 5-2, and listen, I get it. It was pushing 10 o'clock, a school night. The team's been dead in the water. You didn't think they'd come back. I can understand why some fans left. It was chilly out. I was a little cold. I was a little underdressed. I feel like I might be getting sick now. We'll see. I hope not. But, you know, the ones who the real ones stayed, and the real ones witnessed the win of the year and the game of the year and what reminded us of that team. Down 2 nothing. You bring up Mark Vientos finally and send Luis Guillorme down. That's the right move. Mark Vientos, two-run dinger tie game. You're down 5-2. The bullpen kind of implodes a little bit. Down your final out of the bottom of the ninth. The other kid you brought up a few weeks ago, Francisco Alvarez, hits a mammoth three-run homer to tie the game at five. And you're thinking, wow, did that just happen? Tenth inning comes around. Ray score a run. They score another run. You're thinking, Damn it. It was too good to be true. You got two guys on, one out. You got your big bopper, Pete Alonzo, up, who is battling an illness near flu, he thinks, cold, whatever it is. He's a warrior, and everyone's saying today in the broadcast, maybe get sick more often because he homers again Thursday. He hits a mammoth three-run jack to win it. A walk-off homer. Everyone celebrates, tries to avoid jumping on him so we don't get Edwin Diaz part two, but a monster home run to give the Mets a victory absolutely magical night at the ballpark and i think i was on the front the back train car and it was rocking let's go mets chance people were vibing there was mets flag up there and it was electric and all it takes is that one kind of win to reel us back in it just takes one of those to get the fans back into it and that's exactly what happened on wednesday night and they carried it over that was special Wednesday, and the boys needed that. Mets fans needed that. Like, all we're asking is for some resiliency and winning some games. The Mets had not won two in a row since April 21st. I mean, that's crazy. Since since 420, like we said on the last show, the last series win, 419. The last two-game win streak was 420 to 421 against the Giants. Those two days. Since then, haven't won two in a row. So you can't really build momentum without winning two games in a row. That is checked. Now, can you make it three in a row when the Guardians come to City Field on Friday and, you know, Carlos Carrasco makes his return? Now, don't, you know, have a typical first-inning implosion, Carrasco, and start the weekend off rough. Start it good, and let's get this thing rocking. But huge statement, series win against the Rays, coming in as the best team in baseball. So, Figgy said it, you know, on the last show, maybe he's right, like, Playing these good teams could be what the Mets needed, and maybe that's what gets them going. You know, they overlooked the bad teams and went 4-9 against them. Well, they're starting off on the right note, 
against a couple of good teams. Guardians, a solid team. I'm not going to say a great team, but they are a perennial playoff team that's coming to City Field. They are under 500, but in a bad division where they can still win that struggling AL Central. If I'm out there, I'm going to shoot my best bullet always. Um, I always give it 100%. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, for me, I just don't want me not feeling well uh, to be an excuse for a lack of performance. So, for me, I just want to approach it how I normally do and just go out there and play the best I can as hard as I can, and whatever happens, happens. All right, let's keep the positive vibes rolling here on Amazing But True. Jake Brown here with our special guest. It's Big Zoo, Ed Arzuman. WFAM producer, follow him on Twitter at ZooBeard77. Big Zoo, the big vibes are going right now. We like I've been ranting every episode, depressed, talking about how this team is too good to be this bad. Well, they showed us that they might actually be pretty good this week. This was you were there Wednesday too, much needed. And like I just said a minute ago, a very 2022 like Mets win on Wednesday night. And good that they followed it up Thursday because you win one, great, but, like, keep the good vibes rolling, baby. Bro, you nailed it right on the head there because when you talk about 2023 in this team, what happened today is typically not what has followed up what happened last night. And we finally got to see them come through, win a series for the first time in, I mean, essentially a month, right? Because it's been since the Dodgers. 420. I mean, bro, think about that. That's an entire calendar month that this team went without winning a series. Uh, I mean, listen, there's still a lot of issues that we can get into if you would like to. But, bro, I got to say the vibes are very high right now. Things are looking pretty damn good. And we got the youngins here who are doing their thing. And that's all you can ask for if you're a Met fan right now because asking for anything else is a little bit too much. We'll take the series. Like I said, first series wins is 420. You could say the Mets are smoking on that Tampa pack. Pass that Tampa pack across. That's what they're smoking right now. And, you know, it's crazy to think the vibes are good on a two-game win streak, but beating the best team in baseball, getting, most importantly, back-to-back quality starts, which is a big deal for this team. Six innings, two runs, six inning, one run. Sanga in front of his family gets a dozen strikeouts. How about that? His family, he said he didn't want, you know, see Mets fans booing in front of his family. Well, there was no reason to boo because he was fantastic. And we saw that put out pitch work at its finest against a Rays offense. You know, you might not know most of the offense, but they've been tearing up the league and the Mets shut them down three comebacks Wednesday and, you know, it was nice to see it from the youngins and you've seen it from Alvarez, seen it from Vientos following it up today when we were mad just at the lineup and how is Vientos not in the lineup? How are you hitting Tommy Pham? And, you know, Buck said, F you Mets fans, Tommy Pham's going to get two hits. He's going to get the go ahead infield single to give us the lead. I mean, how about that? that you know, Bucks it worked out. You know, you take the calls at the fan of fire Buck, Bucks old, he's senile. I'm a big buck guy, so I'll let him do the lineup. I questioned it, but I'll let him do it. He's in that clubhouse, and, you know, it worked out positively, and, and you love to see it. You got to let him do his thing, man. I mean, honestly, listen, Buck's not going anywhere before the end of the year, no matter what anybody wants to say, no matter what anybody wants to complain about. Things would have to go so dramatically and drastically terrible for Buck Showalter to, to get fired during the course of the season. That's just not going to happen. So we have to, as a fan base, understand that, listen, Buck's not going to go out and run these dudes out here every single day. But what he is going to do is he's going to put out the best lineup that is going to give this team an opportunity to win on that day. 
So you look at what was going out there today. I, I had a buddy of mine from college who texted me and said, this is the same lineup that they were running out there right before they traded for Cespedes when there was John Mayberry, Eric Campbell. We said that on the last show. Yeah, we said the Mayberry-Campbell uh, cleanup uh, lineup. That was six through nine was was terrible today. That's all time. But, bro, this we're not, we're not talking about that right now. This is just a group of guys who, listen, some – we can talk about maybe they're sitting back. Maybe they're starting to fall back a little bit. You know, that regression is hitting them with that age. But Pete Alonzo, significantly better than anybody that team had. Lindor, same thing. There are, there are guys in this lineup who just aren't performing yet. And once they get hot, which they always do, you're seeing it with Pete right now, when Lindor does that, they're going to win this team games. And I mean, honestly, in order for this team to get where they want to get to, they need those two to step up more often. And thankfully, in this series, we got it out of Pete. But Buck, Buck ain't going anywhere. And this lineup is going to be what it's going to be. And those young guys are going to have to step up when they get opportunities and force Buck's hand. Otherwise, he's going to prove himself right. And listen, we were asking for wins, but we love those resilient wins that reel us back in like a fish. We They just they took it and they reel us back in. So for the two wins, I got to rock the two victory chains, two chains. Here, Here's Wednesday night, three two chains, home I runs. A couple more on. I don't have four bracelets, but I got two chains. Um, <laughs> for the for the win Wednesday, three homers brought us back from the, what is it, the jaws of defeat? Is that what they say? Uh, coming back the jowls. the jowls of defeat Wednesday and then Thursday, not only a great outing from uh, the starting pitching, but the bullpen. I mean, bring him after a rough outing Wednesday came back good. And Robertson rough outing Wednesday. He came back good on Thursday. So there's the two chains for two wins. And the vibes are high right now with the guardians coming to town next. And, you know, primetime Sunday night baseball was looking bad if the Mets were to get swept by the Rays or have a bad series. But now it's Bieber versus Verlander Sunday. And then, uh, you know, a couple and then Carrasco's back Friday. You get Scherzer Saturday coming off a good start. Like Scherzer, you want to keep seeing him go deep in our games and keep seeing him be effective. It's Bibby, I guess, on Saturday and then Bieber Sunday. So this was needed and uh, got to beat the Guardians now. I got to say, man, this is going to be a fun weekend series here but it could have this had the potential to be a disaster because when you got rosario you got jimenez running in and i know jimenez is having a rough year so far yeah but still that's that's going to be the conversation that was going to be going on it's still going to go on but it's not going to be as bad as it would have been had this team gone into this series losing however many series it would have been in a row over the course of a month with Lindor looking the way that he kind of looks right now. It's a good time for Cleveland to run into town because uh, thankfully, like we've said, they got this series win. And I think everything offensively is starting to click. So getting to see a team like Cleveland, uh, I think it's a good test of where this team is and where they can go. If they if they can come through in the three games, yeah, you don't want this race series to be a fluke. Got to keep this going. We're not asking for a sweep. And listen, Carrasco going up against his former team, coming off an injury. Hopefully, you can get at least five effective innings out of him. But it all starts with starting pitching. So all is good. But you know, there's of course still some negatives. So let's touch on the roster here. So you call up Vientos, right move, Guillaume down. Sure, you don't have a backup shortstop. I'm sure Escobar for a game. Could be a backup shortstop. That's fine. Uh, you live with a little bit of a worse defense. There's going to be times, Zoo, where you're going to have to maybe put Beatty in left field and deal with him not I'm being for great defensively. I mean, you got to see it, but you got to play the young guys. You know, we all got mad Thursday for Vientos not starting. 
You get Alvarez not starting day game after night game, but we got to see these lineups with Beatty, Vientos, Alvarez out there almost every day, but there's still more to be done. Listen, Tommy Pham might have saved himself for another day with the two-hit day. Part of my philosophy was they're playing him as much as they can just to see maybe what he's got left because I don't think there's an option to send him down. I feel like he's just going to get DFA'd. I don't know about his his contract situation, but I don't know if you I'm know. I'm pretty sure he's, he's a just straight DFA kind of guy. Like if he would, he would have to clear waivers, I think, and then maybe he would go to the minors. But I think he he's probably been around long enough to be able to opt out of that and just become a free agent as well. And Gary Sanchez, another guy who can opt out when people might hear this Friday, unless the Mets are, might be asking for a 10-day extension. I wouldn't mind seeing Sanchez here. It's a tough spot because Perez went four for four the other day. So it's like, you know, he's a veteran good defensively where Gary's not good defensively, but could tear the cover off a ball. It's a tough situation because you're not going to DH Gary because you got Vientos here now. But the other part, we said Fam was struggling. Vogelbach's in 176 in the last two weeks. So, you know, going into the weekend, going into next week, what do you want to see them do? Do you want them to DFA Fam and, and bring up Mauricio? Do you want them to bring up Sanchez, do you want them to stay put? I can't see Fam and Vogelback lasting past the next like week or so if they keep playing like they are. I don't think that Mauricio is going to be called up imminently. I think that the reason that he's not getting called up is because they want to get him as much or as many opportunities as possible to play second, to play left, to play short, to play third, to play all around every single spot, not play those spots consecutively move around during a game, do all these kinds of things that he might be doing at the major league level, but learn that at the minors so that when he comes up, he can be that super versatile guy because we see it right now. There's a log jam in a lot of spots. You're not going to come up if you're Ronnie Mauricio and play every single day if Vientos, Beatty, and Alvarez are all playing every single day. It's just there's going to be nowhere for you to go. So I think getting that versatility, leaving him down there is their goal right now. And I think it's I think it's a good move, to be completely honest. I think if you leave him down there and you bring him up sometime at the end of June, early July, I think that works. I, I just don't think I don't think that's happening anytime soon. So I'm not getting my hopes up. Gary Sanchez, though, bring his ass up here because we got four for four out of Perez the other day. The way I like to think out of it, man, we're rolling with house money on him. It ain't going to get better than four for four. It's probably not going to get much better than one for four. So send him back down. He's there. You have him. He's a good enough guy if you need him in a desperation situation. But let's see what Sanchez has, because if you can bring him up and he can be a big time power bat for this team and you can have him kind of, you know, help mentor Alvarez at the plate a little bit, get him that little extra oomph, you know, not in everything that Sanchez does over there because God knows we don't want Alvarez turning into Gary Sanchez overall. But if he can give him that little all-star knowledge that he has, I think that it's a great move to have Gary Sanchez for Alvarez, even if it's just for two weeks. You know what? Just, just have him on this team and let's see what he can do at this level. It's almost like the Mets need a new baseball rule where you get two DHs because that's the problem they have right now. They just don't have enough good defensive players, but they have hitters, you know, and the problem with the fam thing is while he should be gone and probably should have been gone a, a week ago, he's their fourth out. They don't have another outfit. Like McNeil is basically their fourth outfielder, but there's going to be a day here and there. You're going to have to rest him. Marte now banged up with the hand. We'll see if he plays this weekend. He, my ideal lineup, if they can get Mauricio up, is Alonzo first, Mauricio second, Lindor short, Beatty third, 
Alvarez catching, Marte right, Nimmo center, and then McNeil in left, and you DH Vientos. I think a lot of people would love to see that. I just don't know if that's going to happen, if they feel comfortable putting Mauricio out there every day at second base. You know, McNeil's a pretty good defensive second baseman, solid in left field as well. I, I like that. That's ideal for me. There's just not enough spots for everyone to go around, and Vogelback doesn't do enough for you. Like, I know he's your left-hand hitter, but he can't run the bases. You know, he's doing terrible the last two weeks. He doesn't hit enough for power like you want for a five or six hitter. He gets on base, you know, he walks, but he just doesn't have enough power for me to keep him. I don't know what you do here. Who who gets cut? Who goes down? It's a lot of tough roster construction for Billy Epler, who, you know, a lot of Mets fans want his head. Someone Buck's head. Everyone wants Epler's head. You get the calls on the fan. You hear about these guys. You know, everyone gets called for the pink slip, but they're in a tough position because there's just not enough, you know, alignments that work out. Yeah, there's not enough spots for everybody that's there, but I do have to say, I, I think Billy, uh, I have a lot to say about Billy Epler, man, and I, we don't have anywhere near enough time to get into all my thoughts on Billy Epler, but I will say this. When you look at Mauricio, he's going to be up at some point this summer, early summer. So when that happens, I think there's really only one option to send, you know, DFA in a situation, and that's Vogelbeck. Um, as much as I like him, as much as he's great in a clubhouse, you could tell. I mean, hey, if he wants to stay on and be like a water boy or a bat boy, I'm here for it. I'd love it. You know, or hey, they, you know, just hang out and get paid. I'm down for that too. But he can't be a contributing member of this team anymore uh, once Mauricio gets here because he just he doesn't do anything. He doesn't play the field. He barely hits anymore. He doesn't hit for power. He's completely lost his confidence at the plate. And it's, listen, I never played professional baseball like uh, your typical co-host here, uh, Mr. Nelson Figueroa Figgy. But I do think that it's incredibly difficult for a guy to regain confidence uh, the way that Vogelbeck has lost it this year. I don't think that's going to happen at any point over the course of the next five months. So it's just, it sucks. I like him, but you know, sometimes you got to make some tough decisions. And I think Vogie is going to be the guy that, uh, kicks it yeah we almost forget that they have canna too he's just struggled so much that canna is usually the everyday left fielder so who knows maybe canna becomes the fourth outfield and you just move mcneil the outfit but i agree they might wait a mauricio but i think you got to make a decision here gary sanchez because listen if he goes elsewhere and then tears it up somewhere else you're gonna be like wow we we had him there you know not that that's likely but there's a chance that happens because you're seeing triple a he's got the power and we know defensively he struggled but he has the experience at least it's not like you're trotting out a guy who's never played catcher he might not be the greatest but like you said, he could be a decent mentor to Alvarez. So I want to see how that works because, you know, it could happen when people hear this. If he doesn't, if they don't extend him 10 days, it could be Friday. He's either gone or he's in the big leagues. I wouldn't blame him for getting out of here and going to a situation where he has a better chance to at least be a backup in the big leagues. I don't see any reason why Gary Sanchez isn't better than Mikhail Perez. I, I don't understand that. Like, maybe it's because I just think of Gary. I have a higher opinion of Gary Sanchez than maybe most people do. How how could you possibly not bring Gary Sanchez up and give him a chance when Mikhail Perez is your backup catcher? He's a great and he's a good player. Listen, he can he can be on a major league roster, Mikhail Perez. He can be on the Mets major league roster. But when you have Gary Sanchez sitting there, you have to give him that opportunity because there's just too much of an a chance that you're going to get lightning in a bottle especially at a time when you're trying to turn the season around and find that click. You're bringing up all the youngsters. 
get up one of these older guys that wants to prove that he deserves to be here still too. And I think Gary's going to, I think Gary can prove a little something in a limited role, which I think, I think the Mets have it for him. I, I got, I just got to be honest. I think it, I think it'll work out. Hill Gary from the Bronx to Queens. Oh. He hops on the seven train from the four train. Oh, it would be a great storyline. I'll tell you that after, you know, he was the most, he was a very polarizing. Is that the right word for a player with the, with the Yankees? Like there was a time where he was at the top of the mountain, but then there was a time where he couldn't hit a lick. He was getting past balls left and right. And, you know, you saw the two worlds of Gary Sanchez. Let's see what he's got. Let's see. I mean, it might only be twice a week he plays, but what if he hits, you know, a pinch hit homer, a big, you know, a big RBI double in the eighth inning to take the lead. Let's see what they got. Well, the Mets will play the Guardians this weekend. The rotation is now back in stock. We're all stocked up. No more Luke Casey. Well, not all stocked up. We'll get, you know, Quintana back at some point. You know, it looks like he might begin throwing in the next week or two. So later in June, we expect him. So looking forward to seeing him back. But now it's Carrasco back. No more Luke Casey. No more David Peterson. Thank God. And, you know, McGill has pitched well enough to stay in that five spot. He had a strong outing. And now let's see these five healthy because Carrasco has to pitch better. He will be better. He was good on this team last year, and I'm confident that he'll right this ship and turn it around. I think the injuries play, played a part to him pitching poorly. And listen, you saw what Sanga did against the best team in baseball, like vintage Sanga, the guy you gave the $75 million contract to. That's what we saw the other night. We got to see more of that. Well, Big Zoo, it's, uh, it's good to have some positive vibes here. I was worried if they lose two out of three. We're like, all right, Wednesday was – electric but they still did not make up for it i wasn't as worried even going into the series as a lot of people were but there was a panic meter after tuesday verlander getting rocked like he did in his home debut but they made up for it with these two wins and i think the vibes are good going to the weekend let's uh let's win this series what do, what do you think how do you think this plays out this weekend listen cleveland's a good team man uh, uh and there's gonna be a lot of uh a lot of bad feelings i think for sure because i remember a year ago when they announced the schedule, Andres Jimenez was tweeting about this series. So I think there's going to be a little bit of bad blood, not nothing crazy, just like, you know, fun type of stuff. I, I'm expecting to see Francisco Lindor have a, have himself a couple of games here. And I think the Mets end up, I'm going to say two out of three conservatively. But what I really want to say and what I really believe is that they're going to be whipping out the brooms on Sunday because we're going to be sweeping them guardians right out of City Field this weekend and getting things right. Zoo, I want you to hold a second while I get an object, and I'll give you my prediction. Hold on, Hearts, keep them entertained. Hold on, here we go. Okay, well, I gotta, I gotta make sure that this. Uh, I'm hoping that this is gonna be uh, PG here because I'm a little, you know, I, you never know. Ooh. Oh, see, you know what it is, baby. You know what it is. Sunday f Sunday night baseball. I am. Oh, we're gonna, be, we're, we're gonna be cleaning it up. For the sweep. The Mets sweep the Guardians and national TV. Justin Verlander dominates. And the Mets go on a five-game win streak. They take Monday off, and then they head to the Windy City. And the vibes are back on, and the Mets are back. The 2023 Mets tell us 2022 wasn't a joke. We're the real deal. We sweep the Guardians. We sweep Jimenez, Rosario, and the old friends in Queens. Let's go, Mets. Let's do it, baby. It's about time that they turn this thing around because it's it's still early enough to do so and get right back to where we want to go nothing is too far out of reach yet let's do it baby we just 
They just took two out of three from the best team in baseball. I want to play more good. We got a lot of good teams coming up, so maybe they're better against the good team. No more playing bad team. No more Tigers. None of these trash teams. Let's let's play only good teams. And show. We found out we played a competition this year. That's the. <laughs> let's go. As we said, this team's too good to be as bad as they were. Let's sweep this weekend. Big Zoo at our Zoom and follow him on Twitter at ZooBeard77. You hear him on the iconic WFAN. Big Zoo, we appreciate you coming on Amazing But True. And uh, let's let's sweep. Let's at least take your prediction, but I'd rather mine a sweep. We appreciate you coming on the show. Hey, appreciate you guys having me, man. And hey, uh, from my heart, man, let's get that sweep. Let's do it Sunday night, right in prime time. Prime time, baby. We'll close out Amazing But True next. Hey, thanks for coming out, guys. Let's go Mets. All righty, great stuff there from WFAN's Ed R. Zuman. Big Zoo, as that says goodnight to episode 146 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me in producing this show. As always, you can subscribe to Amazing But True on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. And make sure you subscribe to the New York Post Sports YouTube page. Find that Amazing But True playlist if you're watching it on YouTube now. Give us that thumbs up, comment below. How are you feeling about the Mets? What do you want them to do next? They got Vientos up here. But when's Mauricio coming? Is Gary Sanchez coming? There's more moves that need to be made to this offense. So let us know in the comments below on YouTube what you think and give us a five-star rating write a nice review wherever you do get podcasts you can follow me on twitter at jake brown radio and follow our show on twitter at amazing but true tweet us there what guests you want how you feeling about the mets well the mets are home this weekend for three more against the cleveland guardians a couple of good pitching matchups bieber verlander sunday night baseball nelson figaro will be back with me for monday's show as we recap that series against the Guardians. Keep rolling, boys. You got one series win. Make it two. Build from there. And then you get the Cubs and Rockies on the road. And you get this thing back over 500 and get yourself back in the divisional race. Plenty of time to go. All you got to do is just string some wins together. We'll see you at the ballpark at City Field this weekend. For Big Zoo, I am Jake Brown. We will talk to you all Monday. Thanks for listening to Amazing But True. And of course, Let's go Mets. You know what it is, baby. You know what it is.